Hello, and welcome to Nice Jewish Fangirls, a podcast where three Orthodox women discuss all of the wonderfully nerdy things that we are obsessed with. My name is Michal Schick, and I'm your host, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Tamar Herman. Hello. And S.M. Rosenberg. Hi. Today, we have reached the final installment in our Me Don't Musser series, our, our series discussing the kind of traits of self-improvement that we have been going through for the past uh, like two months since we since we came back from our hiatus. Mm-hmm. You should be a significantly better person now than when we started. <laughs> right? I mean, I know I am. Like, definitely. Absolutely. I'm probably worse. <laughs> I learned nothing. <laughs> Delightfully unrepentant, just like, you know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the, the Mida or the trait that we'll be discussing today is Zrizut or alacrity or enthusiasm according to their translation, but I think that's a bad translation. Yeah, it's a hard My word teachers to translate. always translated it as speediness. <laughs> yeah, there's also like passion, there's zeal, there's like a lot of things that you could, you could talk about, you could define this trait as. So we'll, we'll definitely get into that. I feel like zeal is like, because there's the idea of being a zealot, and that comes from a totally different root word. But Does I, it? Yeah. Well, Is that like kanai? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. But Okay, we can talk about know. that. There's overlap. There's, it's mostly in the connotations, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they're both Z words, so. <laughs> Why not? <you> know. Yeah. <laughs> Even though one is English, one is Hebrew, I'm sure, you know, God planned it that way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, I just listened to a whole uh, a whole sheer from um, Rabbi David Foreman and Alf Beta kind of talking about like Noah's Ark and the Ark of the Covenant, um, which are, you know, <laughs> different words in Hebrew. But uh, it was, it was yes. interesting. That's what I like. There was a comedy routine about how like you think that you're taught that we need a plot arc, which is like a beginning, a middle and an end uh, to your story. But this is poppycock and you should throw this out what you want is a plot arc with a k where you just cram all the things in there and just (laughs) stuff it really big (laughs) that's that's the secret of writing it's it's a comedy routine by i think joel stickley called how to write badly well it's amazing (laughs) that's awesome um cool so we are gonna of course as always get started with uh well i guess some of the things that we're passionate about the current obsessions in our lives um who would like to go first because i've gone first for the past like two weeks so i don't mind I going go. first but yeah go go first go first Asim. i don't remember who goes first um i only remember when i do because it's like oh god i have to start <laughs> you know. so um my obsession um is this audiobook that I'm currently listening to. Um, it's called Spoonbenders by Daryl Gregory. Um, and the reason I found it is actually because I developed a voice crush on the narrator from the last audiobook that I read that I listened to that he that he read, which was one of the I think it was the first one that I actually borrowed on my Libby app once I set it up. Um, and it was this, uh, Iron Man novel by the author of, uh, Artemis Fowl. And I just loved his narration so much on that. And I looked, I went on Libby and you can search by voice narrator. Um, and so I was searching and I was looking through all of his books that he's done. He's done like 50 or 60 books and that would seem to be, you know, great options, but none of the books were like, I don't know. Most of them just didn't, didn't look fun. (laughs) So I was like, 
Mm. And then I found this one, which looked really interesting. It seemed to be about a family. Uh, it's <laughs> now that I've seen Encanto, I can say that it's like Encanto is a family with you know a bunch of uh, different kinds of superpowers and what they do with it. Um, but it's much more of an adult version of Encanto. Um, but I just I really love the way that he reads and just the quality of his voice is it's very warm. And the best way that I can describe it is smirky in a good way. Like, you're always in on the joke with him. Um, and it was like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of thing, but with a voice. And I don't know what the, the word for that quality is, but I love it in a voice narrator. And he's really great. Um, did I even mention his name? I apologize. His name is Ari Fliakos. And... He may be Jewish. I have not internet stalked him, so I apologize for that. I don't know. Well, if you um, haven't internet stalked him, you don't. You can't say you have a voice crush because I that, know, right? I, it's like I only developed a crush on the voice and not the person. Imagine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this this book um, is the they all have these there are a lot of different characters and many of them have some kind of power um and it rotates viewpoints rotating viewpoints is my absolute crack um and it's really fascinating what uh the implications of these powers have been on their lives and they're not you know trying to be superheroes a lot of them uh have been like con artists and you know it's a it's that sort of thing you know not like heavy duty crimes but just like you know little petty thefts or um cheating at pinball or whatever you know with your telekinetic powers um and there's really interesting complications that come in because it's it's set at the time of like the beginning of the internet so like technologies are starting to come into play that interfere with their powers as in like one of them has the ability to tell when someone is lying or not. When they're trying to lie to her face, she can instantly know whether someone is lying. But through uh, chat rooms, she can't. Her power is completely neutralized, and she kind of enjoys that aspect of it. Um, and the pinball machine gets replaced with a digital game that he can't manipulate, and he's really pissed about that <laughs> and that sort of thing. Um, and it's just so interesting. There is a Bruno of the family with precognitive abilities. Um, and I loved the chapter so far that I've heard with his viewpoint. Um, it is really fascinating the way that the narrator conceived of the way his powers work and the way that it impacts his behavior and his thought process. And like, absolutely nobody knows what's going on inside his head um, and how he's experiencing the world out of order. Um, it's it's fascinating. Um, and yeah, but I just have to add a big warning up top that the opening scene of the book is you get dumped right into a, an extremely uncomfortable sexual situation. <laughs> um, and I kind of understand why the author did it um, that way from a plot perspective and from just a logistical perspective of when you're when you are introducing your readers to a world you kind of want to to get to give them a sense of what they're in for um and like what kind of content this book is going to tolerate 
So, you know, you kind of, you go all in at the beginning so that nobody gets blindsided later on. Uh, but it's still like extremely uncomfortable. And like <laughs> every time I recommend this book to anybody, I'm always going to have to say, you know, the first, the opening sequence is unbelievably uncomfortable and you're going to feel like it's gratuitous and you're going to be like, why would anyone want to read past this? And, <laughs> and I'm just telling you, it gets so much better after that. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so the book is Spoonbenders by Daryl Gregory, um, and the narrator of the audiobook is Ari Fliakos, and, yeah, I think that he adds so much with his narration and just, like, his sense of humor and his timing on all of the, all of the jokes is, is fantastic, um, and he does good accents, too, which is always a bonus. This suddenly made me think that, like, Encanto and the Umbrella Academy are not... <laughs> Not not the same thing. <laughs> I haven't actually watched the Umbrella Academy. There are a lot of spins on superpowers, but I really like this one. It really feels, you know, fresh and different. And yeah, there's somehow the mob is involved now. I'm not oh. sure. Also, the government is involved in some way. It's like there is so much going on. There's also like the present storyline and it rotates viewpoints and you get more of what happened in the, you know, you get more of what what happened in the past to bring the characters to this point and then you mo and it also moves the story forward and it just like there's there's a lot of different st things that this author is doing and it doesn't drag it it feels you know I mean I'm still fairly fairly early on in the book I think um but it feels like there's you know a coherent narrative going on and I'm you know excited to see where it goes awesome yeah well I love finding both both a new book and like a, a audiobook uh, narrator who really like vibrates with you like I, I hate using that word but like yes. I feel like that's how it can feel well, that's why you say you vibe with it yes exactly, vibe. exactly. yeah <laughs> um Tamar how about you what's your current obsession um my current obsession I actually stole from Michal so thanks for that Michal um shame self-help oh no um, oh no stealing. oh no <laughs> uh, well, it's because Michal is talking about it all over Facebook. That I oh, no! Like, what is it? She's going to um, take mine! <laughs> oh, no! I think oh, I know no! what it is I now. No, no, no! We can, we can do it then. together. All right, all right, did you... Uh, well, you know what? Go ahead and, and we can, we can it share it. it can be we can share it. I have other things. I have other things to talk about, too. It's it's totally your call. I have just been thinking you about talking about this. You can go first, and then depending on what you do, I'll say mine. Okay. I mean, I think this is a first. In our, our yeah, I think so too. Recording history. Um, yeah, but uh, my current obsession is the show Arcane on Netflix. Okay, um, so I'm really glad that you <laughs> like it, and it's you like it enough for it to be your obsession. Um, basically, this is an animated show. I guess I should give a a, a pre warning that it is aimed at adults. It's not a four quadrant, you know for kids and parents show it's definitely for older teens and adults um but it is and i hate i hate that i have to say this next part but it is based on the league of legends video game or set in the world of the league of legends video game the only thing i know about the league of legends video game is that league of legends is a video game i think it might be <laughs> multiplayer and i think people might be really nasty when you play online i, th I that's what i know um so believe me when i say you can completely disregard that fact when you want to go into this to this show, which I really hope you will, because it is just 
you know that feeling when you have a new fantasy world that you are just like that you just get so absorbed in and you love all the characters and you love the the situations that they're in and like it's so fascinating and compelling to you and like I feel like reading fantasy and watching fantasy a lot of things try to be that way and they they fall short and it doesn't mean that they're even like not good but like they, they just don't capture you in that way I have been so hooked on the world of arcane it it is basically okay for like a I try I, I was thinking about how to like go through the plot in a brief way and it's hard but I'll try basically it's set in a city called Piltover which has an upper city where all the rich people and the council who governs the city and privilege and and police force and all that are based and then there's the undercity where I think you can probably guess the the less privileged people, the poor people, the crime, um, living conditions aren't good or healthy, um, etc. These two parts of the city have gone to war multiple times. It's not been good. Um, So the show is basically about two sisters who are from the Undercity, and it starts with them as children, and it follows them as they grow up, and the things that they go through, and the, the people that they meet along the way, um, you know, there's, there's characters from all along the social spectrum, like one of the, you know, the major, the major crime Lord in the Undercity is, is a major character. Um, he's very scary and very interesting. Um, there's two young scientists, one of whom is my absolute favorite character, I think, um, who are from the upper city and they're trying to basically like invent scientific magic. Victor, obviously Victor, not Jace. Okay, I'm just making sure. I just had to, like, check. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I respect Jace, but, you know. Um, yeah. Um, there was a wrong answer. Yes, there was, there was a wrong answer. It's okay. <laughs> I don't think anybody, I mean, again, I respect Jace, but, yeah. Um, and I love their dynamic, but, um, you know, they, there's a councilwoman who is really fascinating, who's, like, an exile from her, like, home country, planet, I, I, I don't I don't know what the geography of this world is, but like she's in exile and she's very interesting. Um, but the best thing about the show, I think, well, first of all, is the animation is unlike anything I've ever seen. It is incredibly gorgeous. Um, yeah, it is. It's done in a really unique style. And it also just I mean, like the the, the facial acting on the characters is really important because it's a very emotion driven and and psychological show but it is done so well like it is so vivid and like things will just get seared into your brain it's incredible um but the most important part for me is like all the characters pretty much across the board are in some way either likable or like very very understandable and like even like the bad characters are are like you sort of get it, like you hate that you get it, but you you do, um, and everyone kind of goes in different. They 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 work against their tropes in different ways, like their relationships that get set up. And I'm like, well, okay, I can see where this is going, like a mile away. And then like they'll kind of faint in that direction for a sec, and then completely turn around and go in a different direction. Um, like particularly the two scientists, like I, it, it seems very much like they're going to have a particular kind of relationship. Um, and then they don't. Um, yeah, there's 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 a character called Caitlin who is like a rich girl who is like the bravest rich girl I've ever seen in a story because she just like 
she's like so driven by justice and 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 is just very like all the things that I would be like I'm walking away from that she's like I'm gonna go into that <laughs> like and I'm, I'm just like oh my god yikes Caitlin wow um but yeah it is it is a wonderful 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 show and um I, I I keep thinking about it. I still have my fanfiction tab open. I haven't found anything that's really like I've loved fanfiction wise for it, but uh, yeah, you'll just have really to good. write it. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> <laughs> in between your day job and your novel, obviously, right? Yeah, you have so much time. <laughs> my four podcasts. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, but tomorrow, do you want to like share anything about about Arcane? Um, no, I think you pretty much covered it. Like, um, I think that the point that you said about like how even if there's like bad people in the show, you still like they're very humanized. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest things in the show is that it's really good at showing the humanity of like every character, like the characters who are literally like out for vengeance and ready to kill anyone, you still feel for them. And the people who like one of the main characters is literally like she's I mean she's in the game also I I did look into the game a little bit I actually am more familiar with the game I think than Michal because there's a there's a popular League of Legends k-pop group called KDA that's very good everybody should look it up but um I was hoping to see them in the show they're not there I was very disappointed um maybe next season but Imagine, Dra- well, oh, Imagine you know Dragons who is? was the Imagine Dragons that did okay <laughs> little history time League of Legends has a very 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 in-depth team of creatives that really work to grow the world of it outside of the game so there are multiple teams and multiple songs that are tied into the game imagine dragons have one um kda is featuring uh two k-pop stars and then two like american stars and that's like their virtual girl group and then there's a chinese star that also came in for one song or a few songs actually um a few other k-pop groups have also sung songs for them and they've been like the voice of kda um there's a another group um and all these groups are like voicing the songs that are like reflecting the characters in game stories. So there's another one called True Damages and like Becky G and um, a few other people were in it. Who was in it? Uh, Tutmos and I mean, if you guys aren't familiar with like hip hop, you probably won't know them. Um, but so like it's a whole thing. I'm like the uncoolest music person ever, so I haven't like barely yeah, heard I don't of any listen of these to music like at all. Like mentioning, so. but. No, but you should look them up. The music, the the music videos are really good, and you don't need to know anything about the artist because it's just like the KDA animation and and like there's a really cool augmented reality performance where they had the KDA characters on stage at one of the League of Legends like finales where the singers were also on stage. Obviously, you couldn't see it in person, but it was because holograms. We don't have really that capability that much, but it was really cool on YouTube. You should check it out. Um, so I was like already kind of familiar with League of Legends. I've, I've talked to like their creative head a few times. He's really great. Um, and so I kind of was aware of some stuff. I've never played it. I'm not a huge gamer. Um, but I kind of was like, let me see this world. So anyway, back to my ramble. So one of the characters in the show is in the game, canonically mentally unstable. And so, um, when I was like first deciding who I'm going to watch, I like did some digging into each of the characters and like was trying to figure out like who, who I should care about in the show. And like, is anyone just a villain? Um, and is anyone just like, and I kind of was getting like, Oh, this is going to be like Joker. Like this is going to be like trying to make this, you know, unwell sociopath likable and, um, forgivable for, you know, being a mass murderer. Um, 
and and it did, but it did it in a different way that like I think Joker definitely failed at doing. Um, so good job on Arcane's team. I think like it's just a really like I'm cheering for everyone, even while I'm like, oh no, you're a terrible person, and oh no, you're making terrible mistakes. Um, but yeah, the art is like stunning. Like I don't think I've been so excited about an animated show or series. It, like the last animated thing I got really excited about was probably Into the Spider Verse. Like it just feels like a new form of animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, and and I mean to be fair, like they had a bajillion dollars behind like them and you know doing animation on this level is unbelievably expensive so obviously they had all the might of like riot games and and netflix like you know so so i feel bad because it's like you shouldn't necessarily <laughs> like yeah yeah it's hard it's hard to compete with that uh, that's that's a good way of putting it but um if, i mean of itself it is just astonishing to watch and really yeah i mean the, the last episode gave me such chills like i was you know, there, there were multiple times I was just like talking out loud to the characters. I was like, oh no, babe, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, also like they have decades of experience in animation. So, and like the writers who, who wrote the show are the ones who, if I'm not incorrect, actually created the characters themselves, some of them. So like, it's like the people who have wanted to tell these stories for ages since they introduced these characters like years ago. Um, so just like it's a whole interesting project. I'm personally just because of my work with K-pop and now K-pop is kind of doing these storytelling beyond the music itself and the artist. And like, I'm just very interested in the way that stories are told on different platforms from like the origin, like of a video game becoming a TV show and stuff. Um, so yeah, so, okay. I don't, I, I could do another current obsession, but I think I talked enough. You, you, you do not have to. I think we can definitely, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a mega obsession. Um, I think we can. I can say if you haven't watched it yet, go watch Abbott Elementary. It's very funny and very um, insightful about American low funding for schools, especially in poor neighborhoods. Um, yeah, I mean, it's cheerful sometimes. I mean, I think, I don't think Arcane is not cheer, cheerful <laughs> because some, like, okay, it's definitely depressing and definitely really intense. But, like, I think a lot of the, the character struggles are driven by the desire for a better, living in a better world. And even if the characters who, like, are quote-unquote evil are doing it in ways that like maybe the average person would be like oh that's a bad thing like they're still trying to do it because they want a better world and like there is a character that like you get introduced to kind of well you meet him whatever anyway there's a character who like in the show is kind of a counterpart to all the people who are trying to do things in a bad way and there's definitely like kind of like literally a glowing halo of sunlight surrounding him and his little like community like you're doing the right thing because you're like trying to do well um but he's also not getting a lot of uh like he's trying to do things in a good way and a proper way and like but he's also not in this season getting results so i think it's like an interesting i really think it's an interesting show that just like shows like humanity and it's both like most you know, it's attempting for good and attempting for like bettering themselves and society, however you do it. And I, I just think it's really interesting. And I was, I, I'm really grateful that Michal was ranting about it all over Facebook because I was like, I guess I, I guess I should watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you liked it, and I, I agree. Like, I think, like, definitely don't don't go in expecting like a a feel-good show like it is more Game of Thrones than Ted Lasso for sure but like it it and this is something that I, I kept noting with the characters too 
like the, every time, not not that they don't do dark things, not that they don't do bad things, but like a lot of them, you think this they've hit the precipice, they're like going over the edge, and then they like turn their feet back to the path of righteousness and like unexpectedly. Um, and you know, I, I think there's a lot of questions about whether that's like rewarded or or not or whatever, but it is definitely not like a nihilistic show. Um, no, even like any nihilism is kind of like there's a path forward still even for you. Like, and I'm not, I don't want to like ruin the final moments, but mm-hmm. the final moments of the first season, it it kind of feels like everything is going to destruction, but then you're like, wait, but I know there's a season two coming, so that's impossible. Because um, like if they had just not done any other series, you would just think like, oh, that finale is just like, oh, everything is terrible. Nothing is ever good. Um, but yeah, definitely watch it. Definitely. I usually, I make like a different viewing habits for when I'm watching stuff that's not in English and English stuff and English stuff that I tend to like cook or clean during. And I like had to sit down and watch Arcane and I haven't done that for an English language show in a really long time. So it was definitely worth sitting and watching. Agreed. Agreed. Also interesting fact to note, I believe this is the first time, uh, I guess, unless we're talking about something like Bake Off where, you know, it was literally episodes coming out. Um, but they've, they dropped the streaming like three episodes at a time, like three, three a week, um, as opposed to dropping all nine at once, which I, gives me a little hope for the future. Uh, no, Netflix does that now. Netflix does that now. Oh, they do? Well, they do, they do lots of weekly uh, one at a times, but they, um, I know that Amazon did with the boys, for the second season they dropped the first three and then the rest a week at a time yeah that was hulu's take on like handmaid's tale and stuff like that uh singles inferno i think did one a week for the first few weeks and then the finale like final two or three episodes came out the final week so i think they're really kind of gauging user like audience and they're dropping things at certain times they're just like the way the show is framed mm-hmm um, I mean, it's storytelling, like, right, like, rollout is interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to check the, the dates for sig- Signals, Signals Inferno. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't know. But I think, yeah, I think Netflix is trying out um, different release cycles and stuff. Do it. I hate binging. It's bad. Well, they've definitely done weekly <laughs> stuff. Um, what was weekly? Oh, well, I guess it was it wasn't Netflix, but... I guess the <laughs> the expanse on Amazon was weekly. Oh, well, um, see, I think this 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 segues neatly into our Zerizu topic, <laughs> though. True. Yeah, I mean, all of the the new Star Trek shows have been weekly. That's why I watch. Right, but those are those are not on Netflix. Dad. Those are on. They're on like, Paramount Plus, but they have right. them all filmed. But they're dropping them weekly. We don't do live filming in the in the U.S. Typically, live filming is when you're filming week by week, and that's why um, it's kind of hard to get things out now. Oh, yeah, they do that with like some some shows like Grey's Anatomy, um, but they're not doing it like actual, you know, week by week. There's always, you know, a cushion. Uh, Korea is actually filming until the time it moment it airs sometimes, and you there are historic. It is miserable, and historically there that have been delays miserable. where they've been cutting and <laughs> editing it, and the screen goes like to the bars, like colored bars, like uh oh. Very rare, but I it, oh I can't God, remember the last time it happened. Crazy. But I think it happened like wow. in the past ten years at least once. Okay, read it. Wow. 
<sighs> well, most people got speaking fired. of speediness, as uh, as I was <laughs> saying, I was trying um, gently to nudge the conversation in a certain direction. I could just talk about arcane forever. So um, yeah, I, I I will forcibly move myself on. Um, but yeah, so our final Mido um, Musser is Zrizut, which, as we prefaced at the top of the show. Um, can be defined as speediness, alacrity, enthusiasm, passion, zeal, possibly zeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess my thinking, the only way I was able to like think about this was just like the first Mida that we did was patience. And how does Zrizut stack up against patience? When is it better to jump in and when is it better to wait because my personality is much more on the on the on the wait <laughs> and and uh and be patient and uh yeah I don't need to see the the premiere the very first showing of anything um it's still gonna, if it's still going to be there um uh, in a week or two weeks three weeks um you can see it then um and that's in general my my perspective on things but i know that like a lot of fandom is marked by you know you absolutely need to get it the second it's available um and as you were saying all these binging um has become a big thing um and just you get it all and you just mainline it uh all at once versus some people prefer to to wait for for one, an episode of time and have time to ruminate on the episodes and time to discuss it with people and brainstorm and theorize and yeah, all the water cooler talk. Uh, so yeah, so my thinking is just that these two meet are kind of on, you know, two ends of the scale and wondering how you guys feel about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I think that's a really, I love that these are kind of our, our bookends. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of kept coming back to something that we've been thinking about a lot, which is kind of where where the trait is directed, right? So if it's like for yourself or for others, um, you know, like I know I know the, the I, I, honestly, I don't know exactly the citation of this phrase, but like there's a Hebrew phrase, Zrizim Makdimim Mitzvot, which is... That's the way I learned this <laughs> this word. Yeah. yeah, which means, uh, I guess, the the those the early bird passion or whatever yeah um basically run quickly to do to do mitzvot um it's the 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 quicker people are the first to do mitzvot right as yeah basically like if you dawdle you will miss your chance to do a mitzvah so like if your parent you know asks you know can i have a glass of water and you're just like lying on the couch reading a book to pick a hypothetical example and your baby brother goes and gets the glass of water before you can, you know, even close the book, then he gets the mitzvah and you don't. So this never happened ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but but I was thinking about that kind of, you know, the, the, the way you direct those because it definitely, you know, I feel like it's very easy to have, I guess, I should put it this way, any strong trait, right, can be turned bad pretty quickly. I think that's fair to say. Like, you know, if you if you have, like, 
I don't know, like patience, I feel like the, the, the negative side of patience is like going to be less intense than the negative side of, of passion, for example. I don't know. It's like you, you saw the good place. I feel like, you know, the people in, in heaven are just like, yeah, we have to, you know, discuss this in committee, you know, for 50 million <laughs> years um, before we can make any changes versus, you know, you know, is that really better? Fair, um, but not necessarily like our, like, the, you know, the, the spiritual fate. It's not, it's not, not the same as like all the demons just coming around smiting everyone while they're dawdling. But like, if you are standing by while the evil is happening, are you complicit in the evil? And is that just as bad? Yeah. <laughs> or is it not? And yeah, so that's a whole other uh, philosophical discussion that I don't think that we uh, was within the scope of this discussion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, there's, you know, the, um, the golden mean, the shvil hazahav, um, is the Hebrew phrase for it of like, you're supposed to walk the middle path, the golden path, um, in the middle of pretty much every midah, because most midot can be, uh, can be easily corrupted on the extremes, uh, and you shouldn't have too much or too little of each one, um, except they say that, I think I'm trying to remember who says this, but I don't remember who. All it is is just, you know, my teachers in the past, you know, uh, have said that uh, that anger is one that you should lean on the side of too little. And humility is one that you should lean on the side of too much. I think those are the two that they say. But I think that, you know, humility, depending on how it's applied, can be... You know, you can definitely have too much humility where you, you know, don't do the things that you're capable of because you insist that, you know, you're not worthy of them. Um, and likewise, I think anger can be a useful tool. So I don't know. I disagree with the sages or with my teachers, whether they were actually quoting the <laughs> sages or not. It might be the Rambam somewhere. I don't know. Um, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yes, so I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about feelings and character traits and how uh and how they can be used, you know, and how they can be corrupted. And yeah, uh Judaism, you know, in I'm sure you can find sources that discuss many different aspects of these traits and how they uh how they can be applied. So zrizut, how can you have too much zrizut would be like, you know, too much reason is a Gryffindor, but that's their default setting. I was actually going to bring up Harry, but yeah. <laughs> but I think that I think there's a difference between reason and like the what was the first meta? Um, I know what's it in Hebrew. <laughs> Savlanut. Savlanut. Like I think there is a difference between having like one. I feel like is more a mental state, and one of them is kind of like about the way you act. Um, Obviously, like, that is really, like, just my, my thoughts. Um, like, I think one is about, like, patience. Like, I think it really is about the way you act, but Zerizu is kind of about the intention. So it's like, the in you have to have the intent to do something so swiftly, like, that your action, like, carries out. But I don't know what I'm saying. I haven't had enough coffee. I'm sorry. No, I, I definitely agree that patience is much more of, of a mindset than it is. And, and I think I said the opposite, but I meant that. And, uh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure how that translates 
you know, into, into, you know, practical, um, application, but I definitely agree with that. That's actually really interesting because I think in that way you could kind of, you don't actually have to think of them as opposites. If, if we do, if we think of them as like, as, as patients as a state of mind and reason as a, as a state of action, then that like, they, they can kind of exist in, in tandem, I think. Yeah. Like you don't, you can be both. Like you, you can, you can be a patient person who takes action at the appropriate times. Well, um, not to be like really lame, um, but it's kind of, I'm just watching a show where they had some archery and it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you're waiting for the perfect moment, but you take the, when you have that, like you, you don't miss your opportunity because you're having patience kind of like you need to act swiftly when that moment comes. I was thinking of archery because like, you know, you stand there waiting until like the wind is right and your eyesight you feel is right. And like, obviously the Olympics are hard because, you know, you got to do it within a time limit. Um, But like, that's kind of a a bit of both. Like you have to have the awareness that you need to be patient at some times, but you also have to act swiftly at other times. So I feel like those two things, while they feel like opposites, they're actually kind of like, not finding the middle ground, but finding a way to like act when you need to act, but also don't when you don't, when you don't need to, or like kind of, I don't know, I'm making more coffee. Pick your moments. I was, you, you were thinking about sports and I was thinking about warfare and how they say that like most of, most of war is just waiting, uh, waiting for the, for the right moment to, to, you know, either to defend yourself from an attack or go on the offensive. Well, I did say archery, and archery was invented for war, so. Mm-hmm. But then there's also baseball. Baseball <laughs> is a very patient sport, um, but then you have, you know, very short bursts of explosive action. It's really boring. I'm sorry. How dare you, Tamara, booting you off this podcast? <laughs> so boring! Yeah, so boring. Well, now it'll be baseball, less boring because they're taking away the TH. Baseball is not so much a sport. Baseball is not so much a sport as it is a game. Um, and, like... <laughs> It's much more, it's closer to chess than it is to, you know, football or basketball. People watch chess on Twitch now. I know they do. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not, you know, it's not a, you know, it can be a spectator game. But, like, if you're going to call chess a sport, you know, and some people do, you know, then baseball is, is a sport in that same kind of vein. Um, although I do think that, you know, because of the explosive action that you are, is required, um, occasionally in baseball obviously you know you have real serious athletes you know you need serious athletic ability to be able to do it as opposed to chess which is um not exercising those particular muscles um but it's much more a game of yeah it's much more a game of strategy um there there is there is nothing and will be nothing like hearing the roar of a crowd as a ball goes high into the air and those two things gaining in volume simultaneously. It's the, it's the greatest thing in the world. I think you're very wrong, but I appreciate you feel that way. <laughs> it is pretty great. I remember I didn't like Barry Bonds and I went to a game uh, against the Mets, of course, and he, uh, the Mets, it's it's very reliable. You go to the Mets game and you root against the Mets, you will never be disappointed. So God, I, I have to find two new co-hosts. Great. <laughs> Sorry, Michal. Am I booted <laughs> off the podcast too? Am I been booted off the podcast? It's just going to be the Michal podcast after this. Um, but yeah, so I went to a, a game and I think it was the San Francisco Giants were playing the the New York Mets and Barry Bonds 
um, who is well known for having taken steroids, performance enhancing drugs and all sorts of things. And like, he was, he was at the point in his career where like almost nobody would pitch to him and they would pretty much just intentionally or unintentionally intentionally walk him and uh, make sure that, you know, they pitch to the next guy. <laughs> um, and, and he, they, but they did make the, you know, the mistake of pitching to him a couple of times in this game and he hit home runs both times, you know, and just like, you know, there's a, there's a saying, um, I don't remember, I think it was a, an old manager of like a defunct team of like, you know, the Washington Senators or something, um, who said that like, uh, the crowd comes to the, to the game to see home runs. And we have assembled a pitching staff that gives the crowd exactly what they want. Um, <laughs> and I think that's true <laughs> that like, uh, people enjoy the game when there are a lot of home runs, even if their team loses. <laughs> I think that sometimes you, you can, you can enjoy just the, um, it also did help that I, you know, was not a Mets fan and I wasn't you know, invested in the Mets winning, um, and I can just enjoy a Barry Bonds hitting home runs and crushing the Mets. Um, but yeah, I like, I came away from that and I was like, you know, I know that he's cheating <laughs> and like, I know that, you know, steroids are bad and performance enhancing drugs are bad and et cetera, et cetera. But like, he's there to entertain and he is, he is doing his job, you know, like, I'm not defending, you know, what he, what he did, but I felt like, you know, you get, when you see the impact that it has, um, on a crowd and on the sport, um, you can understand why someone would keep doing that. But I feel like that's very off track. I'm not sure how we got here. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, to, to, to go, uh, back a couple <laughs> steps, um, or try to, um, Hang on, thinking. Patience, thinking, patience, and baseball has both patience and also energy. <laughs> swiftness, swiftness. Right. You have both right. things. Yes, patience and baseball. <laughs> so, so um, less sports, more fantasy. Um, I have to bring up two of our of our guys who we have spoken about a lot in this series and in general. Um, but I actually thought that these two things parallel each other. And contrast each other really nicely, um, which is, of course, Harry at the end of book five, which I think we, Harry Potter, that is, um, I think we spoke about in our first episode. Um, but then we also have um, Luke in Empire Strikes Back. Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi is my favorite Luke. <laughs> yeah, so, well, he's the best in, in, in Empire Strikes Back, in uh, Return of the Jedi, definitely. But, like, I'm thinking of him in um, leaving Yoda and leaving his training in... Um, Empire Strikes Back. Yes, that was Zrizut, but the bad kind. But was it though? I don't think it was. That was him being a but, but that was like that. I, I still don't see the bad side. Like honestly, I, like I think Yoda was just straight up yeah, wrong. No, it's, just, it's funny because like whenever we was, we showed it to a friend of mine who had never seen them before, and like she just like spent half of it going like, "Oh my god." all of these characters are such Gryffindors, you know, <laughs> it's like they all jump in without thinking and uh, yeah, they, they make situations worse and then they get lucky and then they get rewarded at the end of the day. Right. So I, I thought that was actually a really interesting contrast between Luke for whom I, aside from like the hand thing, um, it mostly works out. I mean, like, like Yoda is so <laughs> like, you know, is, is so like, confident and i mean the, the the apocalyptic language he uses is like you know like i can't quote it 
chapter and verse, but like, he's like, you're going to go to the dark side. Everything's going to be ruined. It's all your fault if you leave. Um, and, you know, and, and that's not what happens. Whereas Harry, you know, does something that seems like the same thing, right? Like he, he's going somewhere to save someone. Um, he really, <laughs> but he didn't, he tried. He didn't know about, remember the mirror drives he met. Okay. The mirror was yeah, there. Yeah. He yeah. had a way to contact him. <laughs> he was so stupid. Okay. <laughs> yes, but it was very dramatic that he went to the fireplace and he got pulled out of the fire. Yeah, and Fred and George blew up the school. I don't even remember if that was connected, but... Um, but, like, do you, yeah, do you know what fun. I mean? Like, I feel like this is, you know, <laughs> Harry Harry loses Sirius. It's devastating for him. Mm-hmm. Luke got his hand chopped off, and he got utterly devastated by finding out that his arch enemy is actually his father. But he it shouldn't have been so devastating if Obi-Wan had just been honest with him. Um, I imagine we'll have some of that in the new Obi-Wan show. But can I offer a different, a different but similar conversation? Because we have it, we've discussed Harry and Luke a lot in this series, um, probably because they're just touchstones that we and all of our listeners, we assume, know. Um, but I have another one, which is, I think Sirius and Lupin kind of reflect both sides of like Zrizut and Sablanut. Like one is so patient that everything just kind of goes to shit and the other one rushes into everything that everything also goes to shit. Mm. Um, so. I don't know. Lupin sometimes is impulsive. We just don't see it because he's very good at hiding. He's it. impulsive in the most stupid of ways and he makes all the wrong decisions. I used to love him and now I don't. Be nice to Lupin, okay? <laughs> he's dead. I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 um, I actually really like that comparison because I think that, like, I mean, well, okay, here's the thing, right? Like, when Lupin is impulsive, like, I assume you're starting to talk about, like, in Deathly Hallows, when he abandons his pregnant girlfriend, right? They're married. Slash wife. I think. Um, they're they're married impulsively, right? yeah. stupidly. Right, right, right. I, I, yeah. Okay, so they they impulsively get married, and then he's like, "That was impulsive and terrible of me." Uh oh, Tonks is pregnant. I gotta get out of here. Um, so this, but this is like the most intense, impulsive thing we've ever seen him do, and like that is a scene that really sticks in my mind from Deathly Hallows when he goes to Harry and Harry like. Yeah, like completely choose him out for him. doing this, and like I found it rightly so. Oh, rightly so, a hundred percent. But I, I, I think that's part of why it feels so weird is because it is against the way we perceive Lupin. You know, like as 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 being someone very considerate and and being someone who, you know, wouldn't necessarily run off half cocks for for any reason. I mean, like when he's you know when he's talking about the Marauders, he's always like, well. James and Sirius wanted to do this and James and Sirius wanted to do that. And like, I went along with them and like, it, it's, he's very passive in, in those behaviors. And I think that's part of why he blames himself for some of the stuff that happened later. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's, that's a good comparison because it does like leave us think, you know, like, like this reason element of Sirius, I think is so, we literally see at different stages that Sirius is berated to be patient and we see it's different stages, like mostly Harry. Um, I mean, before before the final book, because Lupin in the final book is just like bizarre. Um, but like we see like questioning moments where it's like Harry, like in the third book when Harry's like kind of having his lessons with Lupin, you're kind of having this feeling that Harry's like, why didn't he act more? Like, why hasn't he, you know, I haven't read it in a while, but like there's that whole feeling like 
Lupin could have done more action the whole time. And like, you literally have in the final like showdown or not final showdown, but like where like Lupin says, you know, he was being kind of patient because he had thought, you know, that Sirius had done the bad thing. And now he knows that, you know, it was not him. Um, so he was like holding back, even though he kind of knew that Sirius was there and stuff. Um, like, why didn't he contact him and stuff? Well, they all knew that Sirius was infiltrating the castle. Um, and he was no, watching. no, no. I'm saying he didn't reach out. Like he didn't reach out to Sirius. Was like a whole question that they had a conversation about. Yeah, like um, no, which, he which, was not helping him. Not with Snape. Though. Yeah, didn't Snape? I don't Although remember. Although Hermione I thought that one. He was. my favorite book, but I haven't <laughs> read it in a while because I don't have. Well, Snape just you know wanted them both to you know rot in prison forever. Definitely. We could talk about Snape at some point. I'm not sure if I have the. Kishka's for I'm it right now. It. <laughs> but like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean like Lupin did antagonize Snape to some degree while he was there, even though, you know, that's To some degree. Oh the Marauders were shit as a kids and shit as adults. Yeah, no no no. I'm saying I'm saying as a teacher, while he was at Hogwarts as a teacher, um that's where you get the glimpse of, you know, Lupin as a bit of a scoundrel I himself. I don't you know? know that I would agree, but um <laughs> discussion for another time yes very much um but i think that like yeah i mean is that something else we see in in character pairings in general like yeah i mean i like yeah Luke versus han that's why the slytherin and the hufflepuff you know but who's the who's the patient great. one and who's the uh <laughs> uh the hufflepuffs are patient and slytherins are just like all evil schemes all the time. <laughs> right, but that doesn't necessarily mean... The thing about Slytherin is that they don't necessarily act quickly. Well... I would actually way more think that a Hufflepuff would, like, act with a little bit more impulse than a Slytherin. I don't know. I would think the Gryffindors are definitely the most action-oriented. Well, yes, but but if you're talking about those two. Whereas Ravenclaw's just sit and read and don't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like Ravenclaws are the patient ones. Um, like back to Star Wars, like definitely like Anakin and Obi Wan. You have one who is literally like, "Be patient," and the other one's like, "Fuck that." Um, sorry, I'm cursing a lot this morning. You can bleep me if you the want. The Jedi to just don't want me to reach um, my potential. They were afraid. Of I mean, just like I'm not gonna. It's still. I think a lot of people still haven't watched Book of Boba Fett, but like, there's so many moments where it's just like people are being told to be patient. And then sometimes it goes really well, and sometimes it's like, uh, uh, no, someone's dead. Um, and there's there's time for both, and I think that's kind of why both of these meet up. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like as they say in Kohelet, you know, there's a time for everything. Very true. Very true. Oh yeah, I wanted to. I guess we're we're talking about a lot about music in this episode, so I wanted to bring up two songs that literally could not be more different, except that they both share this theme. Um, the first song is is from uh, a little tape, which if you were uh, an, an Orthodox kid in the 90s and early 2000s, you probably know it's called The Marvelous Midos Machine, which is, um, it, it's basically, I mean, I loved it so much because it was, this is probably one of my earliest fandoms because it's like a conversation about Midos in space and it was on like cassette tape um yeah we we had so many cassette tapes so like we did have that one it was not as far as i can remember a big family favorite we had a lot of other ones that we preferred to that one 
but yeah. Yeah, there was also Little Me or, or I don't know, the one about the guys he eats their tove and yeah. Um. <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but there were a lot of Shmuel Kunda yes. tapes. Um, but so for each of the, the, the basic concept of the Marvelous Meetups machine, there was time travel involved, whatever, but like basically there was a guy in space talking like who was in a who was in a satellite picking up like i think medote infractions on earth and you would kind of learn about that um as you know through through songs so each of the medote that you know came up um had a song lying lying i know that song i don't know any of the other songs but i know that one yes yes so the one about zrizot is um i have the lyrics here sing it I'm not going to sing it because A.B. <laughs> Rottenberg sing. Start- yes, yeah, sing it, sing it, sing it. We can <laughs> auto-tune it, right? Jamie can auto-tune it? Oh my gosh. All right, fine. Zrizim, Maktimim, Lamitzvos, all good deeds should be done right away. The Torah says you shouldn't shirk, roll up your sleeves and get oh to work. Don't put I've off till tomorrow one. something you can do today. Uh, and the only part of that that I remembered were the, the first and last uh, that I had to listen to it. Um, Jamie, if you want to like put this song in the end of the show, maybe you should. We might have a copyright flag if we do that, but I think we can put like eight seconds in or something. I don't know the law. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if they they can come for us, Abby Rottenberg can come for us if he wants. I I'm not that worried. Um, but like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just remembered that song very very vividly. Um, then the other song I was thinking about was Mumford and Sons, "Not with Haste." Um, because uh, there's a lyric in there that I always thought was kind of cheesily profound, which is, um, I will love with urgency, but not with haste. And I, I like the contrast there of like, you know, you, you I don't know, you, doing something quickly. Because urgency right. has a sense of importance, but just because something is important doesn't mean you rush into it. Right, exactly. And that's kind of like, you know, seizing, seizing the moment, doing something now does not mean doing something hastily. So that's that's the little tour through my musical taste that we're going to experience. <laughs> <laughs> and neither of these songs are songs that I know, so... <laughs> yeah, my songs... My knowledge of songs pretty much ended in the, I don't know, mid-2000s. Because I, I don't know, I haven't listened to music in a long time. My little made-up machine came out way before then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but we didn't have... It. I think I saw the movie once at school, but I don't think we ever really had the tape. Blasphemy. I remember they, they go back in time to, like, in the third one, I think. It's it very much kind of like... I don't know. There was magic yeah, involved. It, it, it was pretty they, cool. They do something... There's, like, a time-traveling armchair or something, and, like... Um, and it's it kind of awesome. follows, I'm thinking, like, the pattern of sort of, like, the Back to the Future, where, like, they go back in time in the third one. <laughs> oh man, pretty much. Uh, I don't remember anymore. Did they like change stuff in the past and then have no. to go back that and no. fix it? But, or, or maybe they do. I honestly, I don't remember the plot, but I just remember being like, <laughs> it's not like the plot was exactly essential to the experience. My nieces are watching it now. I can ask them. Oh yes, please do, please do. I, I know the songs are on YouTube. I don't know if the, like the video was on YouTube, but like, yeah, I I remember being a. I loved it when I was a kid. I liked that one, and then the one about the Zadie living on like the Lower East Side. That was a good one too. 
waiting for the seltzer man and the carp in the fish tub, carp in the bathtub. Um, it just really, yeah. I mean, there it was like a, there was a song about it. It was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that those songs are actually quite uh, the the Mumford and Sons one more than the Marvelous Meadow Machine one, just because I think that one is obviously for kids, so it has different um, intentionality. But you're right, like the Mumford and Sons one hit. Yeah, the message isn't exactly yeah, subtle. No, the, in there. The yeah, the Mumford and Sons one recognizes a sense of urgency versus a sense of like. Um, like swiftness like you shouldn't you should have a sense of urgency to do something you shouldn't rush into something like there is a nuanced difference there and i think that's kind of what that what i think you're getting at is what the song is implying and i'd like that yeah yeah i think so and i I think that might also be helpful in illustrating the difference between like urgency and zeal oh yeah you know like i keep thinking of you know shimon and levy um you know who who are famously zealous on behalf of their sister, sort of, slash family honor. It's complicated. Complicated little circuit right there. Um, In case you guys aren't familiar, you can look up Simon, Lady, and Dina. It's not fun. (laughs) It happens in the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, there is a, there's a sequence where their sister Dina is raped by the king of the city of Shrem. That is not what it says in the text. The rape is totally up for inter. I mean, like it depends. It probably was, but sorry, I. I mean, it's it's unclear considering like there is blame put on her that she was she was searching it out. So it's unclear. So like I don't think it, it seems pretty clear. It's worth call like calling know. it a rape is like wrong. The way that the the way that the Torah. A, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think the, like the way that we learn it is that. Dina was raped, but in the text, it just says, you know, she was, you know, with him. I, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but essentially, like, she like she gets blamed by a lot of... Well, I don't think either of you would blame Dina for that, which is, I think, the operative point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she... But, but if you look, commentators blame her for going out and talking to him and this whole thing, so I want to... It doesn't say anything about her consent. At least that's at the very least, it doesn't say anything. I know I want to give her I want to give her some power in that like she went she went out and actively did something. I'm not victim blaming her here, but I'm just saying like to say, you know, she got raped, but she is taking any, you know, maybe she, you know, maybe she had some like maybe she was flirting with him. Who knows? Maybe she liked him. Maybe he was cute. Her brothers killed everybody anyway. So we don't know. But we know that they killed everybody. So fun time <laughs> yeah so the, the point is that shimon and levy after this incident whether it was a rape or not decided that the only way to deal with this was uh through murder so they went to shrem and, and they, they killed are everybody. condemned i don't and yaakov says something harsh to them when they get back and that's pretty much the end of the story like there's no consequence they don't go to jail <laughs> they were in biblical jail there's just not jail then Biblical jail. Is, there was but... no one left to throw them in jail. They killed everybody. True, true. Um, but I, uh, my point is that they're... Yes, jail is reserved for people like, you know, the real offenders like Joseph. <laughs> um, who also could be said to have acted hastily. But um, the, the point is, I think Shimon and Levi are, are specifically condemned for acting with too much zeal. Um, mm-hmm. Which is why... 
Joseph later separates them, according to some commentators, is that um, at one point he has the he sends all of his his family comes down to to Egypt and they're asking for food. They don't know it's Yosef. They don't know it's Joseph. And he um, sends them back with food. But he says, you know, he he wants one of them to stay behind. And he selects, I think, Shimon um, so that Shimon. And so the commentators say that he picked Shimon because Shimon separated from Levi. This was like a, a James and Sirius kind of situation where, like, you take one away and, you know, the other one is going to be a little bit less impulsive yeah. <laughs> without him. Which I like, to be honest. Like, I, I, yeah. I like the idea of other people having an impact on, on zeal. You know, like, I think... Mm-hmm. People don't de- exist in a vacuum. Right. And, like, you know, to go back to Harry Potter, like, you have Hermione trying to, like, pull on Harry's reins, like, as hard as possible. Um, and, you know, and it doesn't ultimately work, but, like... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's interesting that, like, because I think zeal is, is an easy thing to come to by yourself, you know, but it's not necessarily something that's easy to back down from. Um, so if you have, you know, the right, the right person there, um, for, you know, for good or bad, it can, it can really amplify things or de or deescalate. 10,000%. Yeah. I feel like in some ways, Ron is the most impulsive of all of them. And often uh, Harry and Hermione are holding him back. He's like, Let me yeah, but I him. feel like Ron's impulsivity is like fairly harmless for the most part. Like he, and and it's mostly like the situation season. But oh, uh, have you read the seventh book? That was the Horcrux. Okay, mm. that was I. That is a complicated part of the story, yeah. and I, I don't get me wrong. Ron has issues in that, but like he is under the influence of. He understood what he did wrong and he repented. Yes, yes, he does tshuva. We should talk about that, actually, at some point. Um, yes. At a different um, episode. But anyway, yeah, 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 I mean, I think this is... We've been pretty rambly. <laughs> yeah, obviously, like, there's, there's a lot to discuss with this particular um, Mida. It's kind of, like, good and bad that it was <laughs> the last one. Um, but uh, we're going to start wrapping it up there. Um... Did we talk about any kind of meta applications for fandom other than like, you know, being the first one online or um, like when is it, when is it a good thing in, you know, our fandom experience and when can it be detrimental? So that's interesting. Like early adopter syndrome that you mentioned, you know, and not not just with like fictional fandom, but with like tech and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's definitely, I think, a. I always think that's funny to me. It's like you get have to get it first, even when it's the most <laughs> like why, why? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's <laughs> like I think that well, that kind of goes back to I think why people might be hasty in the first place, which is you kind of want to be right, you know, like you want you want to be first and you want to be right about the thing. Like I don't I don't know how many people are going to say like I bought the first Zune, you know, <laughs> but like. People might say, I bought the first, you know, iPod. <laughs> yeah, I had the iPhone way back. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. My, my baby brother, just he's going to Israel for a, a few weeks, and he just got um, an MP3 player that's like 16 gigabytes and can hold all these music and has all of these functions. Um, and do you know how much it costs? It cost twenty bucks. Yeah, there was a there was a twenty buck one, and he got a thirty buck one, and I was like. Goober, do you understand? When I was in high school and I bought my first MP3 player, I got it super cheap on eBay. 
it used for a hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> but see, if you had so, just waited, <laughs> I kind of wish I'd waited. <laughs> if I had just waited until my baby brother was in high school, I would have had you know saved so much. I mean, money. I think there's also stuff to be said with like spoiler culture, and you know, and Zariza, and you know. In terms of like both, you want to watch something super fast so you don't aren't spoiled, but also or read something or whatever. Um, but also like the conversations that you have, like that that you know the, the conversation of like when when has the the limit run out? You know, like when can you say that like if you haven't watched it, you haven't done it fast enough, and yeah. now we can talk about it. Yeah, like I generally like I know that like you know sensitive about spoilers and like I'm not always you know in a, in a rush to see things um but I don't tend to blame other people if you know if they post spoilers I don't be like how dare you you know and then it's I'm just it's just like okay this is part of life you know um that's just you know I think if you do it within the first 24 hours it's kind of shitty it can it can be yeah or like if somebody comes out of the movie theater when you're about to go in and they just spoil the ending like <gasps> They suck. That should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Heathens. Um, but uh, but in general, yeah. Like if if I know that something is coming out that I don't want spoiled, then I just you know stay away from certain things. Or like if I see a keyword or whatever, you know, then scroll really fast past it. Um, I do appreciate when groups have spoiler policies of like this is the post for this most recent episode, and we're gonna discuss it in this in this post only um i like that and like i like the uh you know the the stars you know the nesting um but i feel like you know those are those are nice things but nobody owes me that you know what i mean um because it's my own lack of zrizut <laughs> that has put me in this position um but you know and that's a choice that i made because i uh yeah i've always been a patient kind of person cuz i think that comes from you know growing up with not that much money um like my allowance was 50 cents a week you know when my parents remembered to give it to me so like I didn't have any money but the only way you could buy anything with 50 cents a week is to wait and just like let it pile up until you had an actual amount of money um so that kind of you know influences the way that I approach anything that I'm going to have to spend money for <laughs> um, is like, yeah. Or just in general that like you learn that things are still there, even if you have to wait for them. Um, so like, yeah, if you want to buy something and it's, you know, it's $20 and it's going to take you, you know, a few months to save up the $20, it's still going to be there once you've done it. Um, and once you like, I feel like if you get that, you know, kind of ingrained into your mindset that, that things will still be there and that they're not going anywhere. Um, you can be a lot more patient. Um, and then, you know, once in a while, there'll be something that, you know, you really have to see at the time that it's on. Like there were things, you know, back when, when TV wasn't as easily accessible online the next day, um, there were certain shows that I was like, I have to see them, you know, when they air because I couldn't see them any other time. <laughs> um, but most of the time I would just, you know, I ration my zrizut. <laughs> and that's why my baby brother gets all the mitzvot. Um, I don't want to get into it now because we are wrapping up, but I feel like that's like the now internet and consumer culture definitely kind of urges people to not, you know, be as conscientious, 
conscientious. So it's interesting. So it's like urging the bad side of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, yeah. And that's, I think, another thing we could maybe talk about in the future, kind of like why why we participate in these things, you know, for varying reasons and why we do it immediately or why we wait and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that is actually going to wrap us up for now. Um, that was a wide-ranging discussion. <laughs> Loved it. That was awesome. I think a really good way of wrapping up this series. Um, and um, if you have... I hope other people felt that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so. Do let us know. <laughs> Do let us know. Um, you, you can always email us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is nicejewishfangirls at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at... Uh, at Jewish Fangirls, and we're on Facebook. You can message us there as well. Um, also, if you'd like to leave us an iTunes review, um, we would appreciate that. I would appreciate that. We haven't gotten an iTunes review in like a year, so me too. Yeah, I would like one. Please give one for me, especially. So yeah, make us make us happy and and do that. <laughs> <laughs> Neither Michal nor I were like okay. Uh, what's so funny we're not we're not desperate or anything (laughs) um yeah but um and of course obviously we have our individual places you can find us sm what about you um you can follow me on facebook for my public posts and you can follow me on twitter at floating spirals and you can follow find my fiction at amazon.com slash author slash sm rosenberg and I have a a newsletter that I very, very occasionally update at um, smrosenberg.substacks.com. And yeah, I think that's those are my places. Awesome. Tamar, what about you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram for like less professional stuff and rent um, at Tamar Writes. You can follow my work live feed from... Well, right now I'm only writing for one website, the South China Morning Post in Hong Kong, but you can find my work at tomorrowherman.com. You can read my book, BTS, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, if you're interested in the K-pop phenomenon, BTS. You can buy it anywhere you'd like to buy books, support local booksellers. And Michal, where can everyone find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Ink As Rain, not being uh, unzealous, I think we can say. Um, and, uh, you know, because the nature of Twitter, etc. Um, That's why I'm never there. <laughs> And um, you can check out some of my other podcasts if you'd like. I'm on the Podcast of Surprise podcast, which talks about The Witcher, the Level 7 Access podcast with our wonderful editor, Jamie, who you can find at jamberg.me is their website, and Jamie underscore Bloomberg on Twitter, uh, where we talk about Marvel, Star Wars stuff and other things too um and there's also the Vassals of Kingsgrave, uh, which is awesome and they have a great episode reviewing um the uh show we were talking about earlier arcane i was not on it because i hadn't watched it at that point but now i'm kicking myself (laughs) anyway (laughs) um as always we'd love you to get in touch with us if you have any (laughs) thoughts on our um on our conversations if you have any insights onto the meet out musser that we've been um talking about or if you have any ideas for what we should do next definitely let us know and uh yeah that's gonna do it for us tonight live long and prosper everyone have a good one. the mitzvos. All good deeds should be done right away. 
The Torah says that you should show you're happy to get up and go. Don't put off till tomorrow something you can do today.